Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, a sim racing special edition. Hello, I'm Andrew. On this episode, I had the pleasure of chatting with Actual Vision, otherwise known as Luke Crane, who was kind enough to discuss sim racing and how the current global situation has impacted that world. We cover a lot of ground exploring community racing and uh, communities, controversies, if a certain someone can remember them, commentating, the viability of sim racing for broadcasters and sponsors, as well as the crazy few months Luke has had. I'd like to welcome Luke Crane to the show. Luke is a professional sim racing commentator, a host, a consultant, and organiser of events. Thanks for coming on the show, Luke. I'd like to start out by asking, how did you get started in all this? Yeah, pro streamer, of course, as long as I remember to put sound on. Um, how did I get started? It's uh, a tough question, really, to be honest. Started with four drivers, me uh, and a few friends uh, on Project Cars 1 on control pads, uh, and we just run the same track and the same car pretty much every single race. It was like Nürburgring GP and then Z4 GT3. Um, and I just decided to stream it and a few people watched and like more and more decided to join us as we, um, <laughs> as we were streaming it. It turned out we were all pretty damn good because uh, even on a pad, like we were right at the top of the timesheets back in the day. And I thought, well, could we potentially do a championship? So I started racing in the championship alongside everybody. Uh, it's called, um, it was actually AOR. So Apex Online Racing was, uh, I did, we didn't even know it was a thing, but it was Actual Vision Online Racing. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very good friends with the guy that runs AOR, ironically. So I said to him, I'm going to ch- I'll change the abbreviation. He went, nah, it's fine. Probably thinking that, you know, that what I was coming up with was going to come to nothing. Uh, that turned out to be uh, wrong, I guess. Um, again, that's an assumption from me. So I did change anyway. We changed ACR. And yeah, we, we had our first GT3 league on Project Cars where there was like 16 drivers turning up every week. We did like three different leagues with the same people. And then one day I was like, well, how, how about maybe someone might want to listen to me commentate over this? I'd never done commentary before. Like the only kind of microphone experience i had is i used to do MCing for darts uh, i used to play i used to play county level darts all right um back in when i was a, a youngster uh, and i used to do the MCing for the for the county and i used to MC my dad as well at home messing around i've actually uh MC'd my dad do eight nine darters he was that good <laughs> yeah just practicing uh across the landing at, uh back in my folks home so yeah i, I did that and people started watching and I was like, right, there's something in this, and then created a Discord, and it just uh, kind of went crazy from there. So it just started from four of us racing, to be fair with you, Andrew, and uh, it snowballed into something pretty significant. So now, on the current series for actual community racing, how many leagues have you got, if you can remember off the top of your head, and roughly how many uh, how many um, participants is that? We've got about 40 leagues. And across the whole community, it's just under a thousand seats available every week. From four. From four, <laughs> yeah. Um, and how long has that taken? Or how, how quickly has that been? <laughs> about three years. Wow. Three yeah, years. Yeah. So obviously, the, uh, the website being built a couple of years ago by Shave and the development by Bubble has really pushed the boundaries of what we can achieve. But yeah, it started with four people and now we're at 4,000 people signed up to the website. I'm actually live on the website now, so I can actually get a genuine number for you. Uh, we've got, how many drivers have we got signed up? 4,465. That's people who signed up to the website. Yeah, themselves. We haven't forced them. We haven't duct taped them and made them do it. <laughs> it's not all family and friends. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> it's a lot of family and friends. I don't think I could cope. <laughs> okay, then. So what do you think is the... 
what do you think makes community racing? Well, first of all, what is community racing? Because that term is banding, bandied around. So if people aren't really sure, what what is community racing compared to the some other leagues you see being put on? Yeah, I guess everyone has their own interpretation of this. Uh, for me, there's two strands for me. There's the strand that is just to get everyone away from the public lobbies, make sure that people have a clean racing experience online. Of course, incidents happen. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you're involved in the league yourself. You know, these things happen. That's just yep. racing yep. at the end of the day. The day that we have a clean race with zero incidents means people aren't trying hard enough. But also, it was for me personally, I realized very quickly that I could garner a considerable sized audience and I wanted to give amateur drivers the opportunity to race in front of esports size audiences and i also wanted to be able to tell the story of um, like proper i say amateur drivers even worse than that like really slow drivers that adhered to the rules but Mm -hmm. they still felt like a in a mini bubble the acr bubble they feel like a star yeah if that makes any sense like the biggest pleasure for me is someone popping into the community, and two years later, they've gone from being one of the slowest in the community to being one of the fastest. A guy called X-Wolf, who's one of my very close friends now, uh, he was that guy. He wasn't one of the quickest by any stretch of the imagination. He was in all of the beginner leagues uh, of PlayStation 4 when it all first began. And last year, he became the quickest driver in North America on PlayStation 4. Uh, and he's like 50, just turned 51. Mm-hmm. So like, it doesn't matter about age either. So yeah, it was... I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that 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 is awesome, that, and that is something that has struck me from watching the streams, is that you do know so many of the people involved, uh, particularly if they've been there a considerable time. You you know the backstory, you know about them, and you bring that to the commentary, like like you would expect from commentators who are doing real world motor racing would would know a backstory to a driver you know that and you bring that to the, the commentaries and and i think that adds another layer to it that some streams don't always have you have to my job is to tell a story so i have it's like a an episode tv show like eastenders like the duh, 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 at the end of the show you want to be wanting more by the end of the show you want to go oh my god that guy for instance, Honya was amazing. Jennifer Lopez, he, like we even changed someone's name to Jennifer <laughs> Lopez, and that stuck. Like uh, Jemmy Lopez, his name is uh, Lopez de Lerma from Spain, and he actually won last night, ironically. And he, we changed his name to Jennifer Lopez. He's changed his name to Jennifer Lopez. It's, it's just like, yeah, people care about just random people on the internet, and yeah. it's my job to make them care about them. So yeah, I do my research. I try and remember as much as possible. I will be honest with you though, I've never written anything down. This is all in my head. It's just off memory. Wow. Okay, well, that's, that's even more impressive than before. I just imagined you with the, quite a few notebooks before races and all that, but okay. The only thing I, I do notes for for like when it's a professional broadcast, so if it's like the W Series I'm currently doing or Formula E and stuff, I do my research then. But um, in terms of the ACR brand, if you like, I don't like using that word, but it is a brand ultimately. Mm-hmm. I want it from my memory. So it's personable to anyone watching. Yeah, no, it definitely comes across. It's excellent. So why do you think so many people get attracted to community racing? Is it the fact that it's not a public lobby? Is it the fact that it's you make friends? What, what do you think is the, is the draw? Yeah, all of the above. Like it's competitive. Mm. There's no substitute for competitive nature, is there? Like, you know, I was always say there's no substitute for competitive sport coming from a semi-professional football background. So, yeah, that is, I don't know, just improving week on, week out. Like, stats, everyone loves stats, don't they? 
Like <laughs> yes. we have loads of stats on the website. Uh, everybody loves to point. They love to see how many podiums they've got. You know, if they have any podiums, they like to. Like we had Honya last year, took 84 races, but he finally got his first ever win. And like the elation he felt from that is relative to winning a race in Formula One. Mm-hmm. It is ridiculous as that sounds. This is how serious people take it. And who am I to tell them not to? Like this is, if I've created something that they care about so much, I've done my job. That's how I see it. I just feel like I've created something or I tried to create something that people care about. And yeah, they are taking it seriously. Again, I can't really give you the reasons why. Like... <laughs> I'm trying to give, re- I'm trying to create reasons as to why they care so much, but each to their own, really. Um, again, you'd probably be the best person to answer that question because you race yourself. Like, I don't race anymore. I used to compete at the very top level, mm. but I, I'm just a producer and uh, commentator now. So, w- why do you do it? Uh, test myself, and recently that's been very gut wrenching to watch. <laughs> <laughs> to be a part of when reality bites. Uh, but yeah, it's just for self. And plus, having been in the streams and in the Discord, I know people and I've chatted to people. So it's, whilst I didn't know any or only one person that was in the, is in the same league as me until we started, it's great that there is a special channel that we chat in. Okay, sometimes it gets a, people are a bit miffed, which is understandable when incidents mm-hmm. happen. But everybody's being civil to each other. There's, there's, so far, there has been no real fallout. So it's, you know, and it's fun at the end of the day. Yeah. It, you know, it's a hobby. It is a hobby, but it's competitive at the same time. Uh, I will say it's very rare what we have ACR. The level of respect, especially when there's over 3,000 people in the Discord, the, the respect levels, like, is, like, I don't want to sound like some sort of dictator, but, although I've been called that many a time. <laughs> but I won't put up with any rubbish. Like, if you're... If you're rude to people, if you start swearing at people, you're gone. We will not stand for it. I don't care how fast you are. I much prefer to have a, a pleasant place for people to be feel welcomed than it for, to be an absolute poo storm, Yeah, uh, for lack of a better term. It's, it's difficult to, to maintain that, but I think we've done a relatively good job. Again, you're relatively new now. I'd say, what, mm-hmm. three months? Yeah. You've been around? Three, just over three months, yeah. There's a lot of people like yourself, though, isn't there, because of the COVID situation who've yeah. been exposed to this. And I feel like we've done a, I don't know whether you're involved with anywhere else or whatnot, but like, I feel like it's very unique, the attitude and the atmosphere that's created. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not in any other communities. Uh, I do, I do another racing with friends that I was doing before this. Not to say they're all rubbish. Just, I'm just saying from my experience, like it's very tough to create what we've created. Yes. I think to create it, what I've noticed is how active people are in there to keep it nice to keep it civil and to keep the tone in a certain way. And I think if you, if people aren't, if, if there aren't sort of like, I don't know if the people are all moderators, but it's that sort of moderator type position and the way that they're welcoming people and stuff like yeah. that is, is really, uh, I, I think sets the tone and sets the expectations. It's got to the point now, uh, Andrew, that it's people kind of take it upon themselves to be in that moderation role. Mm-hmm. So we don't like we ha- we do have an official moderator channel with a few people, but like most of the people you're seeing that are doing the welcoming aren't actually moderators. They just they've just bought into what the community is about, like welcome, making sure people are welcomed. Like we have a rule: you have to introduce yourself when you join the Discord because otherwise you could get lost in the thousands of people that are there. Yeah, like it's just to get your feet wet for people to then you know have the option to say hello to you 
there's nothing worse than joining a new community and just being ignored. Mm. And it could be quite daunting as well, especially with how many people are in the Discord and how many different nationalities. Like it's well, you know, it's a crazy, crazy place. Yeah. So yeah, we always try and make sure that people welcome or introduce themselves. So it's not really for for us it's for them so people can go well welcome to the community and they could pick something out of their introduction about where they're from or something and someone go oh, i'm from spain as well whereabouts and then instantly you've got a connection with somebody yeah that is an excellent part of when you join uh, you mentioned before that there has been basically an explosion in awareness of uh, online racing do you think this influx of viewers and participants has changed things at all um, I think it's the same as anything. Like the chats are going to be a bit more toxic because you're going to have, let's go for the example of like the Lando Norris, Simon Pagano incident that happened uh, a few weeks ago. If you don't, if you're not aware of what that was, the IndyCar series, the iRacing IndyCar series, they had some guest drivers and Lando Norris being one of them. And Pagano took Lando Norris out on purpose. And like, it's the toxicity of the fans. So everyone from Lando's corner will back him up and everyone from Sam, Simon Pagano's corner will back him up. And there's just more of them now. Um, but I'm just using them as an example. Like Lando's, uh, Simon Pagano is one of my heroes. And Lando's just a, one of the greatest guys ever. Like, worked with him many a time. But yeah, it's just kind of more of that. Like, the me- the one thing I dislike in any form of sports is the meme, young meme culture. You know, tr- starting an argument and chucking a load of, yeah, starting a fire, basically. Chucking a load of petrol on it. And then disappearing. So starting an argument and then leaving a picture on Twitter of a meme and disappearing. Like, <laughs> it's, it, that's, yeah, that's happened. I think like, the public lobbies have become a, like they're seeing this, their heroes make mistakes on circuit and think, oh, it's okay. And so the public lobbies have become a little bit worse. But as a whole, it's only really positive, really, for me. Like, more people are watching, more people are taking part. Like, it's my job to create somewhere or my job to stop that kind of attitude coming in. Mm. ultimately so we've noticed a few people we had only have had to remove one person over the last three years but since this covid things happened we've removed two other people because of intentional wrecking uh right. as we call it intentional taking people out so we have noticed a little bit of a change and we've had a, maybe a few more incidents with a lot more new people coming in but again that's motorsport it's quite, it's kind of not it's not the be all and end all if you have more incidents, especially when we're like you also we've got to weigh it up. We've got more leagues than we've ever had before as well. So naturally the number's gonna go up anyway. Yeah. So yeah. as a whole, uh, to answer your question, yeah, I think it's it's been a real positive for us. It was gonna happen anyway, but this is kind of the unfortunate situation has fortunately accelerated it for the sim racing community. Uh, we were always gonna get here, but I think it was gonna take a lot longer than what has happened currently. Yeah. Do you think it's gonna stick? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, one hundred percent. I I hope that those who weren't aware of it or had maybe rubbished it a bit in the past are now better educated into exactly what it offers and what it gives the viewer. The people out there that have rubbished it and whatnot, if they still think it's rubbish now, they haven't given it a proper chance. Mm. Fair enough. If they rub it, if they give it a proper chance and they're still rubbishing it, it's because they don't understand it. Like, this is a viable option for motorsport. Yeah. You know, the difference is you can't smell petrol. The difference is there's there's no risk to uh, health. Yeah, you, you you don't get a helicopter extraction if you crash. <laughs> you yeah. Like... But, if you, if, but if you're only watching motorsport because of the risk to the drivers, then you're you're a sick human being. Mm, absolutely. If that's the reason why you won't appreciate sim racing is because there's no risk involved, 
You are a weird, weird, weird person. Really well, strange. Well, define risk as well. I mean, the risk is the person doesn't do as well as they were going to. That's a risk. Yeah. Um, uh, putting yourself out there, people laughing. People are still risked, uh, still put in, you know, exposing themselves to risk, as you say though. But if if your if your driving motivation is how injured someone is, then exactly you shouldn't be watching any motorsport really whether it's online or not because you're an idiot you've got issues it's, it's, it's called a spade a spade you're an idiot <laughs> yeah it's a viable option we're seeing it wait you watch some of our stuff like last night's race at monza uh, i'm not sure if you were able to watch all of it no i wasn't qualifying we had 27 drivers within nine tenths of a second and the pole position was a world best time so you can imagine how fast these people are yeah and it's the world tour one as well and yeah, yeah, i know yeah. for a fact these, these are seriously rapid drivers it's the best in the world like they, they race every wednesday night it's the best of the best on a set of course competition it's 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 incredible me i'm just uh, that's the one league where everyone could just go yep yep he is just a fan <laughs> he's just excited <laughs> like everyone else but like we had an hour and a half racing last night and i'm literally watching it now because jemma has tweeted out the last lap so he led the whole race and on the last like he after the pit stop phase he was 13 seconds clear and Franca caught him at Parabolica on a final lap. And they're, like, they were side by side. Like, that's after an hour and a half. It's, this is sim racing. This is what you can create. And the beauty of it is, if you have an accident in practice or qualifying, you can just get a new car. Just yeah. dust yourself off. You're in a new car. Yeah. It's so accessible. If you haven't ever given it a try, if you've got a console, if you've got a control pad, just give it a go. You never, you just, until you've tried it, you just don't know. Yeah, exactly. You touched on it as well before there about there's been a few controversies, particularly in the in the recent months, because there has there has been no real world motorsport. So suddenly there's been this massive wave of real world drivers going, uh, well, what do I do now? As well yeah. as as well as series going, oh, we need to still maintain a presence. So let's put on series. Uh, the first question I want to ask you though, because I do want to talk about the other series that have happened. But do you think? the controversies have harmed online racing at all and will reflect on online racing or not? Absolutely not. Okay. The outrage has been brilliant for us. It's just garnered more attention, more eyes. If you were to name, I don't know, name three controversies that have happened over the last three months. Apt. Yeah. Uh, the one you mentioned before with uh, Leclerc. There you go. But you, no, it wasn't Leclerc. Uh, there sorry. you go. That's it's brilliant. Uh, yeah. but you, you said, but you mentioned oh, the one you mentioned before, so you've already forgotten about yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. everyone's already forgotten about what the incidents were, but they're talking about sim racing. Yeah. So you've, you've proved my point there perfectly, which is, uh, you know, yeah, it was bad at the time. I had my opinions on these things at the time, but ultimately it's garnered more attention for the sim racing. The legitimacy, because of the fallout as well, the legitimization that's given sim racing, like, oh my God, everyone cares about this. Hmm. They're all outraged at what Pagano did to Lando. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there's one exception, the Carl Larson incident where he was just racist. Yeah. Like, that's that's nothing to do with sim racing, nothing to do with streaming, nothing to do with motorsport not being there. It's just an idiot. Yeah. Again, it's, it's just, he's a terrible person. That's got nothing to do with anything to do with sim racing or the COVID situation. He's just an idiot. But the rest of them, the ones that are more incidents within races, yeah, it's just, it's, I think it's helped. Um, thank you for uh, we, we didn't script that ladies and gentlemen like, we did not script that <laughs> no. but you proved my point like yeah it, there's, there's been some really big ones but you know you go a few months down the line and people don't really remember what they were but 
again, they they remember sim racing. Yeah. That's the bigger bigger picture. Okay. Uh, well, I'm glad I helped you there. Sorry, uh, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy to provide idiocy. I'm very good at that. Uh, <laughs> of the the new series that's that quickly cropped up, how do you think the organisations handled that? Because that they they did switch quite quickly, which I applaud them for, for for taking advantage. There was a lot of mistakes to start off with. Like they were horrendous. So the biggest view numbers we were getting were week one with uh, the race and what Veloce were doing, which was the not the Australian Grand Prix, mm. and they were both awful, uh, horrendous. They tried to be a professional racing broadcast and very quickly it turned out to be an exhibition the race they went down the route of having a legend series a sim racer series as well uh and that worked out really well in the end but it took them a few weeks to get involved then veloce realized that actually we don't want to be taking this too seriously and become more of an entertainment broadcast each week mm-hmm. which worked perfectly they they changed it up every so often as well which is great to see so they're the two people who really got it started the motorsport games got involved and they did the, the, the big Le Mans one we have this week but you know what for me personally i don't that's all great and that's only going to get attention to us but when the real world motorsport comes back they won't be able to do those events with the big drivers anymore no no yeah they're not going to be there. So people like myself are still going to be here doing this. But I think the biggest win from this whole situation was the Jimmy Broadbent race to get that bread, uh, where we raised £25,000 for a charity. Yeah. A bunch of sim racers doing a three-hour race. I commentated that race. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much on my own, because my co-commentator, he broke three mics. He smashed a plate. It was brilliant. <laughs> But but us sim racers, there was no superstars in that race. Like we had a couple of like, I guess we did have a couple of real life drivers, but it wasn't about that. It was about sim racers making the difference. Yeah. And in three hours, we raised we raised twenty five thousand pounds. Like that is mind blowing. Yes, it is. So you know, as much as all these big events came out, and you know, people are trying, and ultimately, people are just trying to profit from a, a pretty poor situation. Yeah. But you know, the same as me. It's my job. This is at the end of the day. I'm not. I'm not going to say any different. But to see a, a, a good story out of the back of it like that is is huge. Do I think we could have raised 25 grand in three hours before this COVID situation happened and before the exposure of sim racing that we've had? I think we would have done good numbers, but 25 grand in three hours, probably not. That's, for me, the biggest positive out of all of this. Mm. What did you think of uh, the Le Mans event? I think they played off the server breakages really well for a red flag. Yeah, They've got a real good basis to work off of. Like they've built a huge foundation there. What they do, I think they're looking at doing Spa, Spa 24 hours next, which will be in the next few weeks, I guess. So they've got something to build off of. But our fact is the game that they used has always been a game that, again, we're being very specific here to everyone listening. So I'm sorry if you're not really into sim racing, but this is going to be super specific now. But our fact has been kind of one of those, the the um, clients always at fault. So the actual drivers always at fault. So if they have a screen freeze, it's because they didn't know about a workaround that you need to do. Yeah, And this is going to bring attention to get things like this fixed because very quickly they can't just go around blaming drivers. And they tried to. They tried to blame Max Verstappen and they tried to blame Charles Leclerc. Is it those two? Say that they should have known a workaround. Like we should, You should never enter into a game and be like, right, okay, where's the handbook for all the workarounds for the problems <laughs> the game's going to have? Yeah. Like, but that's the attitude they've had. That's the yeah. attitude they've had. It's been really poor. And moving forward, if that helps them sort that game out, because probably got the best physics out of all of the games maybe it's close with that in acc i would say but it just doesn't work very well but again 
you know, what, 200, 250 connections or 200 connections to a server over the course of 24 hours, and they only had two real major issues. Yeah. They had some issues where people got penalties and stuff, which, again, they will need to fix. Because mm. Alonso got one, didn't he, just as he was yeah. coming in the pit lane and that scuppered him. But you can't not do an event like this for the fear of something going wrong. No. You have to, they ha- you have to put, as I tweeted out, they had the balls to put their balls on the line. You know, they knew that it could go wrong. They knew that it could be an absolute mess. But unless you do something like this, like where are you going to get 200 drivers to be a case study for this? How can you test something like this? You can't. No. Like the real Le Mans. You can't just go a week before, right, let's make sure that this is going to run okay next week. Right, we need 55 drivers, 55 cars, three classes of car. Uh, <laughs> you can't test it. No. So you have to actually just bite the bullet and get on with it. And they did. I think it was brilliant. There's a lot that they could do better. I think they realized that the sim racing community are a little bit more passionate about the racing than actual motorsport people because people were complaining about the little concert they had in the middle, although Le Mans is like a, there's a huge concert in the middle of Le Mans. Like yeah. that's just, it always has been. But the sim racers just want to see the racing. <laughs> the motorsport fans are like, well, have you watched Le Mans before? We don't care. We want to watch some racing. Yeah, the concert needed to be in the small screen and the racing in the big screen yeah, on their stream. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, but but I thought that the production obviously they had spent shed loads on production. Oh God, yeah, for for the TV and the streaming. So I don't think they would have made any money. Uh, no, I mean, no, there's no way the independents uh, like yourself and, and and others can compete with that sort of level of production. Um, but I thought that they handled it really well. Uh, they made it as realistic from the viewer's point of view as the real Le Mans would be. I was talking to Alan, who's on a, who chats to other people who were watching it, who aren't sim racing fans, and said it was actually better than the normal Le Mans TV coverage because the, the guests they got in and how they talked to them and the way they kept it running. And th- these people who have no interest, like Alan, have no interest in sim racing, but they still enjoyed the spectacle. They still enjoyed the fact that it was, as far as they were concerned, that was motor racing. And I think that's... That's excellent, and hopefully means these people or more people watch it now as a as a viable motorsport. Can't believe you say that people like me can't compete production wise. I think my production levels. <laughs> I'm only joking, of course. <laughs> yeah, you got Alan McNeish coming on next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, the crazier things have happened in the last uh, few weeks, Andrew. I've worked with Daria Franchitti days in Kentucky. <laughs> It was it was a step in the right direction. What comes of it? I hope it continues to be great and huge. I hope that we use the leverage of the real life drivers to now create sim racing stars. That's kind of how I see it moving forward. Like, thank you to you're going to be going back to real world motorsports. You're, you're gonna you've, we've give you a home for a while to give you an opportunity to still market yourself, still market your team, still market your sponsors. Because ultimately, that's what it's all been about for the drivers. Okay, a few of them have really enjoyed it and they've really thrived in this space. But for the most part, they've only, most of them have been doing it because of their contracts. Mm. Now it's time to use the audience that we've gained from it and start creating stars of our own. And a lot of companies that I speak to all the time, Andrew, are skeptical and like, oh, you just can't do it. No one's going to care about Sim Racer. Well, you know who Dafka is, don't you? Yep. You know who Honya is? Yep. X Wolf, Jennifer Lopez. That's a nonsense statement, that. Exactly, but these are these are the people who are paying the money to put on these broadcasts. These are the people who are paying money to put on these big shows, and uh, they don't understand how easy it is to 
make you care about people. The four people I've just mentioned to everybody, ladies and gentlemen, are people who have raced in my community leagues in front of a couple of hundred people, and they've become cult heroes, legitimately. We've had Honya and we've had Dafka, who've gone right from the bottom of the barrel to near the top now. Um, and Gemma for Lopez is just, everyone just loves that guy. We spoke about Axwolf earlier on, like these are just average Joes sat at home uh, after they finish work and this their their passion is their hobby you make people care about it but yeah people are skeptical worried about you know oh they're not going to care about a sim racing driver well i'm not being funny there was a first ever racing broadcast whenever that was and no one knew who these racing drivers were yeah exactly so you you mentioned just before that your life has been a little bit crazy since lockdown Additionally to lockdown, you've been involved in a couple of really major series. Could you uh, let everyone know a bit about that? Yeah, so I worked on the official DTM Esports Challenge. I worked with uh, Ollie Sitlow, who's the pit lane reporter for DTM. Uh, Lovely guy, absolutely brilliant stuff working with him. He actually uh, got Audi to send me a jacket and a T-shirt. Oh, that's really nice of him. But yeah. that, that man had information just yeah. pouring out of every Backman. pore. He was fantastic. He was just brilliant. Yeah, I think the rapport with me and him struck up in the five weeks we worked together was really good. Mm. Like, he's invited me out to DTM as well to watch DTM and oh, come cool. and say hello to him. So I'll be good to see him. We just got on really well. While that was happening, I was also doing the Formula E Race at Home Challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a guest commentator for two weeks. They gave me a two-week contract. They then just gave me the rest of the show. They said, do the rest of the other five weeks. So I did that for uh, six, seven weeks. I can't remember how many weeks it was. I was working with Jack Nichols, who for me, I think is the best commentator in the world right now, with Andrew Coley. I think them two are the best in the world. Um, and I've got to work with both of them now, which is unbelievable. There's that my bucket list already completed at 33. <laughs> Dario Franchitti, someone I've, I've just I've just idolised as a motorsport personality. And they say, don't meet your heroes. I hope he doesn't listen to this because we speak all the time. Like, I, we just have random chats on WhatsApp. Like, that's the craziest thing to say. I'm having random chats with Dario Franchitti, just name dropping. Um, <laughs> they say, never meet your heroes. But, man, he's just one of the nicest people I've ever met. He's a really cool guy. We get on really well. I, he's obviously won Indianapolis three times. Indy is like, I went to it, my first ever one last year and it just had such an, a powerful effect on me. And so to get to actually talk to an indie winner, like on the reg is just blows my mind. So he's like, he's said, if I go out there again, he'll take me around Indianapolis and show me everywhere. And yeah, unbelievable. Actually, Nikki Shields as well. She's a, a pro- proper professional. It was great to work with her as well. She's so funny. <laughs> She's one of the funniest people I've ever worked with in rehearsals. Uh, yeah without giving too much away uh, and then if it wasn't crazy enough i get to then work with david coulthard a couple of weeks later now currently with billy munger so it just doesn't stop <laughs> and that's the that's with the w series uh, that's um, yeah. recently started now um how's that how's that going for you it's going well it look it's on a lot of uk this is a pretty much a uk audience i would say andrew yeah mm-hmm. yeah so it's on the bbc for anybody in the uk to say you've worked on the bbc is that's huge, you know, especially if you're a, a commentator yeah. from the esports world. And it's strange for me because with the Formula E Race at Home Challenge, I was kind of a bit part. I wasn't, I wasn't on camera on the BBC at all. But this one, like, I'm front center. It's like crazy. So to have my family watching and my friends and stuff watching, it's the first time. Like, I don't, my friends don't really know what I do for a job, to be honest. They know I travel <laughs> around the world a lot. They know that I talk about race cars, but no one really knows what I do. This is really the first time that people have actually got a chance to see it. 
And it's like, it doesn't matter what you're doing. I could be on there on a balance board juggling some balls while a couple of sharks circle me. But I'm on the BBC, so people are impressed. You know what I mean? That's the kind of like the accolade it is. Yeah. It's Luke, isn't it? Yeah, he just talks on the internet, doesn't he? That's what he does. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, nobody really understands. Yeah. Still doesn't understand what people do on the internet. It's amazing. Well, it's my fault, really. Cause I don't tell people either. I, I try and keep myself to myself. I never really advertised what I did on my own, like, personal channels. So it's because you're like, British. Yeah. Well, no, it's not that. It's because I just didn't want to be judged. I guess, is, yeah, British oh, okay. again. Like, I just didn't want to, because it is a bit silly. Like, when I first started, it was never the, it was never the premise to have it as my job. Like I never, never dreamed of it being my job. So now, obviously, it's a bit more well known in my circle of friends because it's what I do for a living. So, yeah. <laughs> no, but I totally get that. I'm doing the doing this podcast. You you speak to people and you sort of go, oh yeah, I do, I do a podcast. And yeah, it's not shame and it's not embarrassment, but it's sort of like, well, I, I don't want you to think I'm a bit of an idiot or a bit, you know, a bit showy offy. Well, they can tell you to your face. Yeah. You don't mind getting tweeted at. You don't mind getting Facebook messages or whatever, or Instagram. Yeah, you just you can ignore that. <laughs> yeah, when your your friend turns around and goes, "You're a moron." Yeah. You're like, "Ah, what are you doing?" Probably right here. Yeah. Oh God, it must yeah, be. Friend, it must be true. He said it to yeah, my face. Not lie. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the racing for you, what makes good online racing for the participants, and and this will probably be different, but for the viewers, oh, I don't think it'd be different. I think just close side by side racing. Uh, it's exactly the same as real motorsport. There's no difference here for me. I think there has to be a story. Obviously, you know my job is to tell the story. Treat every race as a different show in a long-running series. So that means that they all link together. But yeah, just side-by-side action. Uh, close, clean racing. You don't want to see people being wiped out. And you want to see a little bit of strategy come into play so that the there may be different protagonists during the race. But yeah, I, I, there's no difference to me from sim racing to real-world motorsport. Mm-hmm. If someone's going to start or looking to participate, how do you recommend they approach it? First of all, you need a console or a PC mm-hmm. and a controller or a wheel and a game. But if you've got all of those things, then I would join my Discord. I'd go to my website, actualvision.com. Every time I mention actualvision.com, I've got to pay £10 to Andrew, by the way, so that's 20 <laughs> <laughs> No, links will be all in show notes for how to, uh, how to get to the website, how to get to the Discord, how to follow you on the socials as well. Well, that's the best. There you go. You've answered my question. So that would be my ideal answer. It's not just me around as well. There's loads of other places around. So get involved in online racing with a community. Don't go the public lobby route. Or don't think that's the only. Yeah. That, that's that's right. not yes, the only on. thing that happens. It is much. If you can find a group of people that are like-minded, maybe faster than you or slower, it doesn't matter. But at least, as long as they're like-minded, it is much better than jumping in a public lobby and then going, oh, well, turn one. That, that's the yeah. race ended <laughs> as long as you're not racing gt3s and then in nine months time you're going to give birth to a gt3 you know that kind of <laughs> shenanigans into turn one but yeah absolutely join a community learn to online race against like-minded people and then you'll find even if you're average or even below average at best because you've been racing with people who are clean you will take the uh, out of people in the public lobbies like you will win races just because you're clean just because you've been used to racing side by side with people mm. uh you'll also learn the nuances of the contact physics in games and stuff because none of them are that good uh if i'm completely honest with you like they all need work but again <laughs> the amount of exposure the games have had now that will definitely change over the next, next couple of years for sure but 
yeah, just just join a community, get yourselves involved, and just put yourself out there. And I spoke to you, Andrew, uh, many a time. You're like, oh, I, I want to join, but I just don't think I'm ready. And like, when are you going to be ready? Like, when are you when? Until you put yourself out there, how do you know that you're not good enough? You're never going to improve if you don't try. Yeah. So yeah. we yeah. It took ages for, for us to get you involved, and you finally got involved. And yeah, you've maybe the results haven't been incredible, but you're racing at a higher level than you've ever raced before. Yeah. yeah. And I've certainly seen your messages in the chat where you're smiling about it, like you're still enjoying yourself. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to talk about last night, but yeah, no, I, I input the results. I saw that one. Yeah, uh, yeah. That that was particularly gutting because I was doing reasonably well for for a short period of time. Okay, was it was it someone else's fault or was it your fault? No, it was all me. It's all me. Oh no. Uh, yeah, no. It's it's yeah. I just I messed up the bus stop, and at that point, I was then trying too hard to catch up and messed up again and again. So all down on me, which which makes it harder to take but you know i can't then pretend it was somebody else's fault <laughs> that's good for me that's good for me I, I like every incident being the actual driver's fault just no one else involved no incidents to deal with yep <laughs> makes it easy for you <laughs> absolutely you've mentioned a few names of some similarities you've mentioned jimmy broadbent there and obviously the the drivers in the community are there particular people that you feel viewers should keep an eye out for that you've been impressed with that, that, uh, in this period that can be the sim races or that can be real world races who've who've come into the online world Jardier, the one for me like he's uh just a really nice guy um, one of my friends he actually raced for my team up until a couple of months ago and he left the team because he's driving for a professional team in the sro esports for acc yeah uh, again so that's the sro esports for acc is Assetto corso competizione sorry i'm just saying like those are abbreviations where people might not know what that means um and it's a the, the professional esports he drives for lamborghini like a, an official esports uh side for lamborghini but he asked can he still stay in our in our team chat our little community team chat so that just <laughs> speaks volumes you know of, yeah. uh, about the guy but yeah he's really done well from this he's gaining big traction i don't understand how he can drive so fast and read the chat and talk to people at the same time it's a it's a talent i'm not gonna lie because <laughs> i can't really do that anymore but i used that that was me that was what i used to do back in the day so it's crazy the level of talent he's got. But yeah, he's definitely one to watch out for. But then the usuals like Lando Norris, he's come in. He's, he was a streamer beforehand. Uh, Charles Leclerc as well. If you want people who are bloody good, but a little bit less serious as as personalities. I'm not being funny, Andrew. I don't think anyone knew really come through. Like mm -hmm. that's the really strange thing that there's always a big opportunity here for people and no one's really taken it. We've had all these sim racing events and they've kind of, they've decided to take the competition seriously opposed to what they could personally achieve outside of it and what they could grow. So no one really knew. Just the existing people have just taken it with both hands, in my opinion. Yeah. I've been heartened because I, I did do some racing with friends before the, the lockdown and stuff. And uh, I was sort of lurking around your community um, on the on the streams before. But the, obviously when the lockdown happened, then I was in there full time uh, as, as an escape from the real world. <laughs> One of the best fans. Actual Vision has the best oh, fans. Uh, they are amazing. Uh, you, you, if you say hello in there, the, the, the number of hellos yeah. as you arrive, it's, it's like you've walked in the pub or something and Hashtag it's your blessed. local. 
it, it is great. But well, no, it, it literally is the local though. If you look at our general voice chat, because uh, yes. Doctor Nailbender, that, that'll <laughs> yeah. be used this weekend with a twenty-four hour. I can assure you. Oh, I know, I know. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have my earphones and mic set up so I can just say hello to him and then leave again before it gets too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely do that. <laughs> but what I'm hopeful of is that whilst there's been and this particularly with the apt uh incident i was incredibly disappointed by some of the reactions by real world drivers over the punishments and the way that they really came clear on their attitude to online racing i understand some people didn't want to do it and it's not their thing absolutely no problem with that at all obviously if it's not your thing, then I get it. You, you aren't comfortable with doing it. But to sort of neither be one or the other, I think, you know, to going, look, it's it's just not for me, end of story, or I'm giving it my best shot, whether I'm good or not. Uh, but then there was people going, well, it's just a game, so forget it. And I thought that was quite disrespectful. Uh, oh, yeah, it and I'm being polite with disrespectful. <laughs> Answer this for me. How many of those people that said, I'm, I'm going to stop streaming for the fans or this is ridiculous, it's only a game, were at the sharp end of the grids they were in? Yeah. None of them. They weren't very good. They're, it was an easy get out for them. It was an easy excuse. Well, this is not serious anyway. What, because you're not very good? You know what I mean? Yeah. The whole Daniel App thing's very unfortunate. As someone who was kind of behind the curtain on it all, it was just a prank that went wrong, ultimately. It was supposed to be for YouTube to have a bit of fun. It was a charity race. There was no None of the drivers were profiting from it. Uh, they were all contracted to be involved. But the stupid thing he did was he didn't mention it to anyone at Audi, didn't yep. mention it to anyone in his management team, yep. and he didn't mention it to anyone at Formula E. He gave Audi zero choice. I know. Ultimately, yep. they, are marketing, they are marketing their brands. They are marketing. Well, Audi have already been in a lot of hot water recently anyway. So they had no choice. As much as I disagree with it, and I did, I disagreed with this. Uh, I disagree with the way Audi handled it. I don't think he should have been removed, but you think about it a little bit deeper. If you did that in any other walk of life, you imagine it's, if you're a surgeon and you're like, ah, <laughs> oh, no, I've, uh, get someone else in. Uh, they might, they, they're really good on the game of being a surgeon. Like maybe they could be better. Uh, like, you know, okay, that's a little bit extreme. But, but even I think, if they tried it in a real world race. Yeah, you'd lose your job. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it, like you said, it gave them no choice. Was the pe- was the penalty for for that particular cr- uh, crime in inverted commas? F- was the penalty to lose your seat completely harsh? I believe it was, but it it'll be all over his contract. There are expectations in behaviour and all the rest of it, and he has broken those expectations. He has not fulfilled his commitment, so they they will have no choice. Every single stream he went into, it was always like apt, apt, apt. Now there's nothing. Everyone's yeah. already forgotten about it. Like yeah, yeah. it, it yeah. happened, it's, it was huge news. And I think the the driver Lorenz Herzing, he's the one who drove for him. Mm. He's the one who really, really took it the worst. No one, no one's asked how he's doing. No yeah. one's, no one's tried to reach out to him to see if he's okay. His hero asked him to race for him. Of course, he's taken that opportunity. Yeah. And he got banned from the competition. He was right up there in the top six as well. Like it's a huge opportunity for him, and uh, he just got. He, yeah, he got royally screwed. It'd be like Ray Parler asking me to play centre midfield with him, you know? Mm. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. You're my idol. I'm doing this. But, yeah. So I think Lorenz, the fact that no one mentions Lorenz Herzing is really disrespectful. And I'm just gutted for him more than anything. Yeah, hopefully there's no long-term effect on him. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Yeah. 
Right. Well, thank you very much for giving me your time this morning to to chat about this. It's been it's been great to to do that. Do you have any uh, final thoughts on online racing and where it can go? Uh, the possibilities are endless. There are people listening right now who could be in their teens. They could be in their sixties. They could be even older than that. And if you've never given this a go, you never know how fast you might be. If you've ever wanted to be a racing driver but could never afford to, if you ever wanted to feel the sensation of being a racing driver, if you ever wanted to be competitive in a car and you've, like again, never been able to afford to, uh, not in a position to do so, or indeed maybe you've missed the boat in terms of age, just give sim racing a go. Get a control pad, or if you could afford to get a steering wheel, get a steering wheel and give it a go because you, you just never know what you're missing out on until you, until you try it. And genuinely, again, there'll be 10% of you that will be like, oh, no, this is still rubbish. But there'll be 90% of you that'll be pleasantly surprised and it will open up a whole new avenue for you in life. Excellent. Well, on that wonderfully optimistic and positive note, I think we'll end it there. Thanks very much, Luke, for being on the show. Not a problem. Thanks once again to Luke for his time. I hope that helped you better understand what sim and community racing is and can be about. If that's piqued your interest, then I've put a number of links to the Actual Vision community for you to explore. They're all in the show notes. Don't forget that between now and next time, you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts with the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We're on Facebook and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. To get in touch with me, it's best to use Twitter. Search for Crack Windscreen and you should find me there. To get in touch with Alan, again, try Twitter, where he is at AJP Bradley. That's A-J-P-B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. We'll be back very soon, but until then, I've been Andrew Clues and safe motoring.